Good morning, and welcome to the show. I'm Bear with BearIndependent.com. In the process of losing my voice, but we will power through because we are men, not sopping wet little P-words. If you're new here, you might consider subscribing, ringing the little bell icon, all those YouTube things. If you're not new here, you know what to do. Share the show with somebody you love. As always, today's show is brought to you by RefugeMedical.com of which I'm the founder and the CEO, and I will talk more about that later. In the brief, we're going to talk about uh, Ukraine and their counteroffensive this morning, possible nuclear implications for that, as well as uh, mermaid coffee. The two are only slightly connected by a Democrat. A whole bunch of Democrats. There's no questioning it, questioning it now. Bear brief, 14 goon, 23. Yes, goon, because if they get to decide what they're going to call the month, so do I. It's the month of goon now. There's no questioning it now. Ukraine is absolutely engaging in a counteroffensive, which is gaining momentum. Experts have warned that, quote, the main attack is yet to come. Both Russia and Ukraine are increasing the risks of escalation and all of the broader implications that come with that. They are in a counteroffensive. <clears throat> they have been for mm, the last 72, 96 hours by my read, seeing that I get uh, first-hand and second-hand intelligence from that continent and from that region. The Ukrainians, regardless of what they may say, from people that I'm talking to on the ground are taking heavy casualties. Heavy casualties. It does not appear that the momentum that they are gaining is being easily won. And of course that's gonna happen when you give your enemy months and months and months and months to entrench themselves. But I'm not over there, so I don't get to tell them what to do. Although, to be fair, a lot of my tax dollars have gone over there, so having some say in the situation would be enjoyable. What are some of the key updates in the conflict? As predicted, the collapse of the Kakova Dam has disrupted the flow of crucial water supply of the Dnipro River, and just recently Russia boasted the capture of German Leopard tanks and U.S. Bradleys from Ukrainian forces, underscoring the complex nature of the international involvement in this war. The dam is a big deal. In fact, you may have noticed, I, uh, what did I title that video? video? Damn, that's offensive. Yeah, that was a head nod to the Ukrainian offensive. And I believe more and more that the Ukrainians blew the dam, not the Russians. For all the reasons. And we're going to get myriad angry comments back and forth from all the other armchair generals here on YouTube. But uh, I don't think Russia had much to gain by blowing that dam. I think the Ukrainians had a lot to gain by blowing the dam. Not the least of which was limiting access across the Dnipro River into the Ukrainian-held territories. And everything south of the dam, including Kherson or Kyrsan or Kyrsan, or it, it all depends on how hard you want a virtue signal towards the Ukrainian cause. Uh, that determines how you pronounce those words over there. But Kherson, 
uh, being downstream of the river from there, there's over a million acres of farmland that's now impassable uh, due to the water from that dam. Also Crimea, which has been held by the Russians since roughly 2014 or so, that's where its water supply came from. And so I think the Ukrainians had a lot more to gain by blowing that dam than the Russians did. Plus it, it appears that it would have required an inside job over many days in order to place enough explosives inside of that dam to make it inside of that dam to make it explode. And the dam itself was controlled by the Ukrainians, not the Russians. Pastor Joe Fox of Viking Preparedness on his YouTube channel did an excellent sit rep on that, uh, I don't know, four days ago, five days ago. So if you're on Patreon, check that out. Perhaps it was merely political pleasantries for the National Day of Russia, but on Monday, North Korea's Kim Jong-un, who is like the human equivalent of a glazed donut, offered full support and solidarity in a message to Russia, in a, in a message to Russia, in a message to Putin. According to the official message, North Korean people extend, quote, full support and solidarity to the Russian people in their all-out struggle for implementing the sacred cause to preserve the sovereign rights, development, and interests of their country against the imperialists' high-handed and arbitrary practices, end quote. Arbitrary practices. Yeah, super deep rabbit hole that, like, might be relevant to one person here. But the early 2000s New York metal scene, arbitrary. Shirag Pujara, phenomenal guitarist of Indian descent. Yeah. Dan Aviv, rhythm guitars. Chuck on drums. Yeah. Joe, the singer. And I can't remember the bassist's name, but he was a great guy. Man, I feel bad. Anyway, arbitrary. The arbitrary practices, that means random practices, so I guess Kim Jong-un doesn't have near the command of English as he thinks that he does. Again, this might merely be a political show, but back in March, Washington did claim that Russia was seeking to trade food for weaponry with North Korea. So, we'll see what happens there. Perhaps most significantly, Russia has deployed tactical weapons to Belarus, which they now expect to receive in the next few days. This move offers the suggestion that the conflict's potential spread across the map has become just that much more definite. In other words, opening up a two-front war in Ukraine. And if you're any student of history, it's very rare that one survives a two-front war. In fact, Belarusian President Lukashenko was quoted by NBC News as saying that he would, quote, wouldn't hesitate to use Russian nuclear weapons, end quote, if necessary. Concerns have certainly been heightened over the potential for this conflict to intensify, spread beyond its current borders, and even have increasing risks of nuclear implications. So Lukashenko is a whack job. And I think that's what gives a lot of people pause uh, as far as the potential of this going nuclear. I still believe that the likelihood for this to go nuclear is low because typically speaking, you use nuclear weapons for just a couple of reasons. There's, there's four that are generally accepted, but the two that would apply here is one is shock and awe, demoralization, uh, and the other is to deny an area to your enemy, which is 
precisely why I don't think nuclear weapons would be used on Ukraine. Um, because the Russians want to occupy Ukraine. And if it's going to be a wasteland for the next thousand years, that doesn't exactly help Putin now. Additionally, the, the blowback on the world stage for nuking Ukraine, I don't think is something that Russia would be able to endure. It would probably serve to mobilize uh, NATO even further against Russia. And right now, the Russians are fighting the Ukrainians who are supplied with NATO, air quote, uh, you know, American, mostly hardware, weaponry, and taxpayer dollars. We, are we involved? Yeah, we're involved. We're providing the intelligence packages that Ukraine is using for targeting. We've had advisors in Ukraine, advisors are quoted in Ukraine for a decade, uh, doing FID, foreign internal defense, amongst many other things. Hmm, how do I know that? I've talked to the people who have done it. And, yeah, we've had a presence there for a hot minute. But we don't have officially boots on the ground I think that there's been the threat of a black swan event some cause us belli for open warfare between the United States and Russia in Ukraine there's been the threat of that for you know since February 24th 22 when Putin felt froggy and crossed that border in the first place we may get that with this current administration, mostly because people would argue, yeah, the Democrats are weak and therefore the Russians are taking advantage of that. No, I think the Democrats, Democrats are far more hawkish than anybody really gives them credit for. We seem to have more international conflict with Democratic presidents than we do with Republican ones. Make no mistake, I'm not a Republican shill. I think the Republicans are just as bad by and large as the Democrats are. But I digress. My point here being that uh, I don't think it's a high likelihood that Lukashenko uses nuclear weapons in Ukraine or that Russia uses nuclear weapons in Ukraine. However, at times, Russian rhetoric has pointed towards nuking Ukrainian strategic partners like uh, France, Great Britain, the United States. I still think the threat of that is low because of the mutually assured destruction that would arise if they did. But it might be a good idea to have some uh, potassium iodide on hand if you don't already. Now, maybe dust off your bug out plan. Maybe. I think it's a low level threat, honestly. But if you don't, you know, do the things. We do have, I just checked before I started recording. By the way, this is not a live stream, this is a recording for everybody who says, I missed the live stream again. This is a video. Not a live stream. But I checked before I started shooting the video. Um, we do have potassium iodide in stock at Refuge Medical. Now, RT, which is Russian propaganda, Russia, you know, Russia Today, um, state-run media, has an article on uh, estimates of Ukrainian counteroffensive losses, which typically, I, I say, take everything that you see from RT with a grain of salt, but it's actually, it dovetails well into what I've heard firsthand and secondhand coming out of Ukraine. Uh, by the way, the air, uh, air alerts for Ukraine 
all the different oblasts, the regions, um, the counties or states, if you will, in Ukraine. That warning system has been lit up like a Christmas tree for the last three or four days, just non-stop. Um, caliber missiles being launched from the Black Sea by Russian ships. Um, Air-to-surface missiles being launched from Russian jets that are flying out of Russia into Ukraine. Artillery, um, ground movements, uh, you know, MR MRLS, multiple rocket launch systems. Just non-stop alerts over the last three or four days. I mean, dozens and dozens and dozens of alerts per day. Where previously it had been mm, half a dozen to a dozen per day, it's got to be 50 to 100 now in the last three days. So it's definitely heated up over there. So to this article from RT, Moscow estimates Ukraine counteroffensive losses. Some 7,500 troops have been killed or injured in failed attacks since the 4th of June, the Russian Defense Ministry has said. So that's approximately the last 10 days. Ukraine has lost several thousand service members since launching its much-anticipated counteroffensive earlier this month, Russian Defense Ministry claimed on Wednesday. In a statement, the ministry said that Kyiv's forces have suffered some 7,500 killed or wounded, with the tally only including service members on the front line, and not those struck by Russian high-precision missiles and airstrikes deeper into Ukrainian territory. The estimated losses encompass the period from June 4, when the Russian Defense Ministry said it had repelled a large-scale Ukrainian offensive along five sections of the front in the, Don in the Donbass. Since then, Kiev's troops have attempted to storm Russian positions on numerous occasions, failing to gain any ground, according to Moscow. That also seems to be the case independently verified. The ministry added that in the last 24 hours, Russian troops had repelled two Ukrainian attacks near the settlement of Makarovka in the southern sector of the front. The assaults involved two Ukrainian motorized infantry companies, four tanks, and 11 armored vehicles, the ministry claimed. It added that each of the tanks had been destroyed along with seven vehicles. Now, currently, if you imagine a map of Ukraine in your mind, or if you're highly ambitious, you could pull one up on your telephonic device. The country is more or less bisected uh, by the Dnipro River, which runs northish, southish, and west of the river. Ukraine is held by the Ukrainians. East of the river, it's held by the Russians. So the front, the southeastern front, is the Dnipro River, kind of the centerpiece of which being the Kakova Dam. Uh, and to the southwest of the Kakova Dam, you have Kherson, which is a significantly sized city. And across that river, you have the Luhansk, Donetsk regions, breakaway republics, a.k.a. the Donbas, which is currently controlled by Russia, and whom Russia has been fomenting resistance in for the last uh, six, eight, maybe even ten years, building up, um, you know, grassroots resistance in those areas. To the south of that front, you have the Crimean Peninsula, which is controlled by Russia. And the Crimean Peninsula, stick, Peninsula sticks into the Black Sea, where there are Russian uh, warships that are launching caliber cruise missiles from the warships into the Ukrainian-held area of Ukraine. So that's the front currently. 
Another Ukrainian assault in the neighboring settlement of Prechetozkapk also failed, with Kiev's troops losing five tanks and five armored vehicles, the ministry said. According to, and one of the things that we're seeing here is this all-out warfare that has been hyped up and promised forever and a day with hundreds, if not thousands, of tanks and air superiority and moving under the cover of artillery fire and large ground troop movements isn't really happening. I mean, we're talking about decisive battles here with five to seven tanks and a handful of armored vehicles. Um, it's different than how the United States tends to do things, you know, with mass. Uh, we're not seeing that in Ukraine. And the argument can be made a lot of that, a lot of the reason for that is that that equipment has been destroyed already. Yeah. But even when they had that equipment, there were not these massive uh, armored column, you know, armored divisions just rolling through and wreaking havoc. That wasn't happening. And now more than a year into this war, I don't know if they have the capacity on either side to have these massive uh, armored conflicts. Uh, who is it? Some country, some NATO country is... Passing F-16s to Ukraine. We are training the pilots, but there's some cutout country. I can't remember if it's Poland or somebody else. It's Maybe it's Sweden is passing Ukraine. Uh, some F-16s, um, air superiority fighter, air superiority platform, um, with the ability to kill armored vehicles as well as you know dogfight MiGs and things like that. And several NATO countries have line-itemed support for the Ukraine war out to 2027 in their budgets. So that could be an indicator. If we look at like World War One, World War Two, um, both of those conflicts ended fairly abruptly. You know, there was. Um, a lot of weapons development in World War One of things that were supposed to be rolled out in, in uh, 1919. But the war was over in 1918. Almost suddenly. Uh, you know, think about, uh, what was it? August 6th and August 9th, 1945. Hiroshima and Nagasaki ended the war in the Pacific pretty abruptly. So, I don't know how much longer the war in Ukraine will go. But uh, without a decisive uh, victory on either side, it could go for years and years and years. It also has the potential to, that quick, be over. According, back to the article. According to Russian defense officials, Ukraine's total losses in the southern part of the Donetsk and Zaporizhia regions over the past 24 hours amounted to more than 800 service members, 20 tanks, 15 armored vehicles, four armored personnel carriers, and other military hardware. In addition, Russian forces conducted massive high-precision long-range strikes on assembly areas of Ukrainian reserves and foreign mercenaries, as well as on military warehouses storing foreign-supplied equipment, the statement read. Quote, all designated targets have been hit, end quote, it added. Speaking to war correspondents at the Kremlin on Tuesday, Russian President Vladimir Putin said Ukrainian troops were, quote, taking heavy casualties, end quote, which he claimed were greater than Russia's by a factor of 10. 
The Russian leader also said that Ukraine had lost up to 30% of the military equipment that had been sent by the West. A little update on Ukraine there. Now, it is uh, week 11 of 50 Weeks of Preparedness, and one of the things I wanted to touch on this week is, these are, by the way, if you're new here, these are little spots we're doing each week this year, uh, talking about how you can be more prepared for whatever may come in the days, weeks, months, years ahead, uh, given all these different threats that we have to battle track, you know, whether that's tyranny or financial collapse or food scarcity or civil unrest or war or anything else that might be going on out there in the world today. What I want to talk about today is barter. And I bring up barter before we talk about mermaid coffee. I bring up barter because I think that in many cases it's a prepper fantasy. I see a lot of people that stockpile things for barter when the balloon goes up that don't have the necessary things that they need to maintain normalcy for the people that they love already stockpiled in inventory to say nothing of having build, built the skills to be able to endure for a period of time, whatever those skills may be. And so there's a lot of people that are not squared away when it comes to preparedness, but they have hundreds of items for barter. Bic lighters and coffee and alcohol and tobacco and blah, blah, blah. And in of itself, I don't have any issues with Bic lighters. I've got one in my pocket or alcohol or coffee or medical equipment or anything else. But for me, one man's opinion, if I'm going to barter... I will be doing that with precious metals. No, not these precious metals. This is not what I'm talking about when I say precious metals. Hornady, critical duty, 135 plus P's. What I'm talking about is silver, small denomination silver. I don't intend to do a lot of bartering when the balloon goes up, being perfectly frank. Why are we bartering? That implies that you have something that I need, which implies that I failed to prepare adequately on that front now while I had the opportunity. So preparing, in my mind, to be inadequately prepared is a non-starter for me. You shouldn't have to barter. Now, couple that with the fact that commerce will continue. It always does. So really, when we, at least for me, when we talk about barter, we're talking about the continuation of commerce. And let's say I have a chicken, and you want my chicken. I don't want your Bic lighter, because I've got hundreds of my own. I don't want your coffee, because I've got hundreds of pounds of my own. I don't want your booze, because I've got my own. I don't want your medical equipment because I own a medical company. I'm not interested in that stuff. But you might, you might be able to get a chicken off of me for, I don't know, half an ounce of silver or something like that. So I would encourage you, rather than stockpiling things that uh, do have some inherent value, good morning, sweetheart, um, fill all the gaps in your system. 
square you away to where you won't need to barter when the balloon goes up. And then if you're interested in continuing commerce, I would recommend having money to continue commerce, like real money, like gold and silver, and small denomination silver. Because um, you shouldn't have to give away a 10-ounce bar of silver for insert thing here, you know, silver quarters, half dollars, uh, one-ounce silver rounds, maybe. But, uh, you know, a kilo brick of silver, unless you're really good with a hacksaw, probably isn't going to help you when the balloon goes up. Now, mermaid coffee. I just kind of get a kick out of this article, which is why I'm including it today, in today's brief, from the blaze, which uh, continues to circle the drain as far as content is concerned, being perfectly honest. Starbucks allegedly bans pro-LGBT decorations and flags in the middle of Pride Month, their union claims, but the coffee chain says that it's false information. Starbucks allegedly instructed its workers to remove pro-LGBT decorations and pride flags this month from most of its stores throughout the country, according to the union Starbucks Workers United. Forgive me, I didn't know that Starbucks workers were having to go down into the mines and dig the coal out with their bare hands, which was why they're so strongly unionized. Is it because of the the poor working conditions inside of that climate-controlled brick box? It must be. However, the coffee chain denied the claims. On Tuesday, the workers' union took to Twitter to call out the coffee chain for banning LGBT-themed decorations during Pride Month. Quote, in the middle of Pride Month, Starbucks bans Pride decorations in stores across the United States. End quote. Starbucks Workers United wrote... Quote, for the last two weeks, Starbucks workers have taken to social media to report that the company is no longer allowing pride decorations in store. This seems to be the first year that the publicly pro-LGBTQ plus company has taken this kind of stance, end quote. Just so we're all on the same page here, let's say I'm the owner of said company. While you may not like it, I get to do what I want because I own the company. And if I can see something as being very bad for my bottom line, I'm going to make decisions, maybe even on the fly. And the arrangement that you and I have as an employer-employee is that you're going to perform work and I'm going to pay you for it. Not that I'm going to entertain demonic bullshit like LGBTQIA plus propaganda. So, yeah, I know, a little dose of reality for the Star Starbucks Workers United Union. I had no idea that these Starbucks workers were out there building railroad tracks with sledgehammers. I, I was, wasn't even on my radar. Um, that's insane. I mean, I guess they should be unionized since they're having to be forced to do all that back-breaking hard labor out there in the sun, getting paid pennies. To, you know, drive 8-inch railroad spikes with a 10-pound sledgehammer, having to sleep in canvas tents on the side of the project every day, walking halfway across the country so that we can unite the Eastern Rail and the Pacific Rail. 
The workers' union accused the company of taking a cue from Target, which had stated, quote, bowed to anti-LGBTQ plus pressure and removed Pride merchandise, end quote. Yeah, they did. That's probably an indicator. The economy is not very great right now, alienating most of your customers because of the beliefs of a few is probably a bad move, economically speaking, in today's socioeconomic climate. And you can thank the people who occupy the Capitol building where the pride flag is currently flying for that. Now this is America. You have the God-given right to be as moronic and wrong as you want to be in this country. You don't have the God-given right to shove that down my throat. Last month, Target held a, quote, emergency meeting, during which it instructed some managers to move Pride merchandise from the front of the store to the back amid backlash over LGBT-themed children's apparel. Shortly after that, the company announced it would remove some of the more offensive items from its stores and online catalog altogether. Good. By the way, has anybody seen that Anheuser-Busch is down $27 billion in revenue? Yeah, coincidence, I'm sure. According to Starbucks Workers United, the coffee chain even removed pro-LGBT decorations from unionized stores. The group claimed that Starbucks has previously decorated annually during Pride Month. By the way, it's the month of Goon. It's not Pride Month. See, because if we're, we're going to live in a make-believe world where 1% of the population gets to drive what the other 99% of the population is uh, subjected to, which, by the way, is why the Big Bay push for democracy rather than representative uh, republics. Um, if we're going to live in a make-believe world, cool, I get to pretend as well. Congratulations, everybody. It's G.I. Joe month this month. Oh, I'm... And next month is Rambo month, and after that it's Rocky IV month, and after that it's Wolverines month, and then after that it's Braveheart month, and if you don't wear blue woad and swing your claymore, then you are bigoted and racist. <laughs> Quote, Starbucks is powered by many queer workers, but management has failed to materially support the LGBTQ plus community. Last October, some workers have reported that their transgender benefit plan changed, causing them to pay out-of-pocket fees and lose access to certain providers, the union claimed. What sort of freaking clown world do we live in? Your transgender benefit plan changed? You know what my benefit plan is? Just so we're all on the same page. I'm just like a God-fearing American man that lives in eastern Oklahoma. My benefit plan is my wallet. And by the way, what's left over in my wallet is after I give 40 plus percent of my income to the government so that they can fly a pride flag over the Capitol building. Which, yes, I do believe is a violation of U.S. flag code. Get them on that, somebody. Quote, if Starbucks was a true ally, they would stand up for us, especially during a time when LGBTQ plus people are under attack. Under attack? You don't even know what attack looks like. You haven't seen attack. 
You haven't seen a bunch of pissed off rednecks and pickup trucks yet. Like, keep pushing it and see what happens. Keep pushing it. it by the way, this is not a threat. This is just how the world works. Keep shoving that shit down people's throats and see what happens. You don't even know what attack is. Somebody hurt your feelings and you're under attack. Oh, my feels. Ah. <laughs> under, a, under attack. Okay, sure. Continuing with the quote, a company that cares wouldn't turn their back on the LGBTQ plus community to protect their already astronomically high profits, end quote. Uh, by the way, a company's job is to produce profits, and they produce profits by solving problems for people. The problem that Starbucks solves is, oh no, I'm on the road and I don't have a coffee. That's a company's job. And the better they do their job, the more problems they solve, the more profits they realize. Sounds a little, excuse me, communistic here, doesn't it? Which is interesting, because in a godless communist society, these people would be swinging from trees. That's just how it works in communism. But of course, that would require somebody to be based in reality and to do some actual... Um, study of history rather than just, you know, accepting the propaganda, onboarding it as truth. The Daily Beast reported that Starbucks allegedly removed the decorations and flags from stores in at least 21 states, according to the union. Starbucks Workers United spokesperson Casey Moore told the Daily Beast that baristas in Oklahoma were told it was a safety issue related to recent attacks on Target. In Oklahoma, eh? Well... Color me proud to be an Okie. Is it Oklahoma Pride Month? A safety issue related to the recent attacks on Target. Again, recent attacks. Find me one instance where somebody was attacked in Target by, say, a conservative white male because of Pride Month. I'll wait. Nothing? Oh, right, right, because it hasn't happened. Again, you don't know what attack looks like. But I would submit, you continue to shove this bullshit down people's throats, you'll find out that 99% of the people are not on board with this. And the LGBTQ plus community has been infiltrated by a bunch of pedophiles and sick, sick people. The cult of gender mutilation of children, by the way. Let's go ahead and... Oh, you're a girl who wants to be a boy. Let's go ahead and remove part of this muscle from your thigh so we can fashion you a flaccid penis that is inoperable so that you can uh, continue to engage in your gender dysphoria, which is a mental health condition, not a right And you continue to support that. And you wonder why people are fleeing from you. Why you can't find popular support amidst the 340 million people here in the United States of America. It's because you're engaged in atrocities and abominations. And those people with a conscience won't tolerate it. So yeah, good. 
I'm glad you pulled down the pride decorations in Oklahoma. I can't even think of where the nearest Starbucks is in Oklahoma. Mazel tov. Welcome to the free market. And this stupid article goes on from here. Moore, the spokesperson for the union, also claimed that employees in Madison, Wisconsin, reported that their district managers removed the pride decorations because they were not welcoming for everyone. They're not. Just so we're all on the same page. And it's interesting how tolerance is me accepting your position, but it would be intolerant if you had to accept my position, right? Like, oh, tolerance is a one-way street. Starbucks told the Daily Beast that the union was spreading, quote, false information. Quote, we unwaveringly support the LGBTQIA2 plus community, which, dude, learn the acronym. That's horrendous. A company spokesperson told the outlet, quote, there has been no change to any policy on this matter, and we continue to encourage our store leaders to celebrate with their communities, including for U.S. Pride Month in June, end quote. U.S. Pride Month. Pride comes before the fall, doesn't it? Oh, that would require one to read their Bible. Uh, and clearly these people don't. And again, you're an American. You have the right to be as wrong as you want to be on any of these issues. But one day, you will answer to the creator of the universe for all of your whoring and idolatry and abominations. And uh, every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess, and that's not going to be an enjoyable process for you if you're all wrapped up in LGBTQIA2+, and Pride Month. I'm no supporter of Starbucks, but I did have a good chuckle this morning when I read that article. That is the brief for today. We're going to talk about value exchange. If you're one of those people that jumps off when we do that, beat feet, skedaddle, get out of here, have a blessed day. Shalom. For everybody else, links in the description. Patreon.com, search for Bear Independent. You can find us there. It's five doll hairs per month. It's the best five bucks you can spend on the internet. It is a preparedness consultancy. You ask the questions and I give you detailed, pointed answers in 15 to 30 minute long, full feature length videos. Additionally, there's a huge community of people there. So if you'd like to plug into that community for the low, low price of $5 hairs per month, check it out. Patreon is the economic engine of the Bear Nation, and it's just a matter of time before I close the $5 tier. If you're already at the $5 tier, you'll be grandfathered in. If you're not, you won't. Why would you do that, Bear? Um, because the 20 to 50 exclusive pieces of content that I provide per month are frankly worth more than $5 per month. You can ask any patron. They're on here. You'll see them in the comments on YouTube. RefugeMedical.com. Right now, in celebration of the month of Goon, all orders over $99 will qualify you to uh, be entered to win a multi-cam ARC advanced rip-away kit from refugemedical.com, plus the, the dangler attachment, plus <clears throat> a multi-cam plate carrier from Redemption Tactical and Level 4 plates, and a multi-cam bag backpack from Squat Survival Gear, and a handful of other things. It's like $1,500 value. 
And yeah, you're automatically entered for any order over 99 bucks. All of our stuff is made in the United States of America. It's all guaranteed forever. As of this morning, we've saved 80 lives to date. The 79th was somebody on a job site who fell 50 feet because they weren't tied in. And somebody on site, praise the father, had a bare fact. And they were able to apply uh, tourniquets, stabilize C-spine, call for help. Help got there 20 minutes later. Multiple compound fractures, uh, skull fractures. It was bad. Life 80. This just came in this morning. Life 80. Jeremy. Good job, Jeremy. Just wanted to say, because of your kit I carry in my Jeep every day, I was able to help someone tonight. On my way home, I witnessed a horrible car crash where a kid was hit so hard it knocked him out of his shoes. He was stopped to help someone who had broken down on the highway. As he got out of his car, someone drove right into both vehicles. I was able to stop the bleeding and perform CPR until the paramedics arrived 20 minutes or so later. I don't usually go out anywhere that late, but I truly believe I went out for a reason. I wanted to say thank you and God bless because of your high quality products. He's been given another day. That's what we do. Praise the Father. Good job, Jeremy. 80 lives. 80 lives saved a date with our kids. We don't sell good idea fairy bullshit. We don't sell the newest most tactical trend, we sell kits that actually save people's lives, that really work, that have the best components on the face of the earth. If that was my kid that got hit by a car, I would want somebody to have one of our kits because I know they're gonna work to put that kid back together again. That's what we do at Refuge. Refugemedical.com We have a handful of these left. These are the Origin Whitetail Kits. This is our SOB Small of the Back Kit. Tourniquet on the outside. Inner pouch on the inside. Made in the United States of America. Every stitch, every thread, every grommet. And then inside, you've got your combat gauze, nasal pharyngeal airway, hyphen, chest seals, gloves, sharpie, uh, wound packing gauze, pressure bandage, all of that. This thing is this big, fits perfectly on a war belt or a plate carrier or your hunting rig. Weighs as much as one loaded AR magazine. It's got everything you need for massive bleeding, airway and respiratory and circulation. The majority of the March algorithm. Two different camo schemes. We have, I think, 23 different kits that we produce. Check them out. They work. If they didn't work, would Origin, Pete, and Jocko say, hell yeah, we want to partner with you? See that? 
origin right there. If they didn't work, there'd be 80 fewer people who went home to their families at the end of the day. If they didn't work, there wouldn't be hundreds of five-star reviews on our products. They wouldn't be on four continents. They would not electively be carried by all branches of the U.S. Armed Forces because they so far exceed military specification for an individual first aid kit that soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines and their friends and their family are buying our kits for them because they're that much better than what's issued to them. These are facts. This is not pride. This is not a sales pitch. It's just a fact. It's the best kit you can possibly buy. Period. The end. Refuge Training has classes in Pecola, Oklahoma. We're spending the summer in Oklahoma, where apparently we don't celebrate Pride Month. We also have, I think, a few more dates um, available in Boise, Idaho and Indiana. I'd recommend you come. If it's summer and you're going to be doing some traveling, come visit us in Oklahoma. Come spend a day or two at training, swing by the shop, say hi to the staff. Pecola, Oklahoma is near Fort Smith, Arkansas. There is an airport in Fort Smith. You can fly right into it. There's uh, everything from, you know, hotels to, um, you know, parks and RV parks where you can go camping or park your trailer. Fort Smith is uh, a couple hours from Fayetteville, which, you know, XNA Airport, International Airport. It's two and a half hours from Tulsa. You're flying to Tulsa. It's four hours from Dallas. It's not that bad, is my point. Responder 3 uh, we've really upped the game in Responder 3, which is our 10-hour tactical medicine class for civilians. It's uh, really good. There's now an entire block of instruction on small unit tactics and um, task organization, which is relative to one of the very large group scenarios that you will be doing uh, while under fire from Op 4. You will be issued uh, rifles and web gear and it's, it's a blast. Gosh dang, it's, it's a blast. It's awesome. You can check that out at refugetraining.com. Come see us in Oklahoma. It's a, it's a good time. And lastly, of course, grindstoneministries.com. I'll be frank with you, we're having a hell of a hard time raising funds to build Caleb House, which is our juvenile human trafficking survivor restoration facility. And to those of y'all who are already supporting us, thank you. For those of you that aren't, we're not building a house. We're building a future for the two dozen kids that we already have in our care. Ages 1 to 19. One being trafficked at one year old. Four years old. And yeah, all the things that you think are happening to these kids, yeah, that's what was happening to these kids. Not anymore. And the people who were doing those things, a bunch of them are in prison. I got a bunch more of them in my sights. 
God. So speaking to those people, F-A-F-O, bro. Come see me. Been looking for you anyway. Please, pop your disgusting, perverted head up out of the sand. Because I'm really good at whack-a-mole. And I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to fuck you up. If you'd like to join us in that, grindstoneministries.com. I appreciate y'all. Have a wonderful day. Shalom.